Welcome to the Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are the Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the Whole House Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Whole House Podcast. Today it's Kathleen and Jessica. And last week, we talked about how to have a healthy relationship with yourself while in a codependent relationship with others. Um, And this week, we're going to talk about how you can help your kids establish a healthy relationship with themselves as they maybe are entangled in some codependency or just in general as you're raising your children you want your children to have a healthy relationship with themselves a strong foundation you want them to be confident but we need to know some of the tools and tips and tricks to help them achieve that because that's not something that just comes naturally Right, I know, and I hear so many parents say, well, they're just going through a stage. Like, no, it's literally your job to teach them and train them and help them along the way instead of just saying, well, this will pass, because it won't pass. Right, and we finished last week's podcast on a note that said that you are not responsible for anybody's happiness or unhappiness. So we want to make sure that we express that again at the top of this podcast. So we are not in charge or in control of our kids' happiness or unhappiness as long as we're preventing traumatic things from happening. Right. Um, You know, if you're living in a traumatic uh, household, you would expect your children to be unhappy. But as long as we're doing everything we can to prevent that, ultimately we are not responsible for their happiness or unhappiness, but we can help them the best that we can find that happiness within themselves. Right. You can, you can teach your children different ways to find self-satisfaction. Right. And they need to learn those things. I can remember when I was growing up, that was kind of drilled into me. Like it doesn't, it's not about what you're doing. Like you can be weeding the garden or digging a ditch or reading a book and you can still be enjoying yourself to a certain extent. Right. You know what I mean? You can find self-satisfaction in what you're doing. And I think that's really missing. Um, I think we've talked about before how somebody can become like Insta-famous and then our kids look at that and think, oh my goodness, right? I can just do that overnight. And then they get out of sorts or upset that they're not being successful or doing the things they want to do and then they're unhappy. Right. Um, so Kathleen and I have no notes for this podcast. We're just going to kind of speak <laughs> on experience between the two of us. We have a decent amount of children, so yes. we should know at least right. a little bit about what we're talking about. Um, but what really made me want to speak upon this topic is I am guilty and have been told that I'm guilty of not allowing my children to feel their own emotions. Yes. So. I was thinking and meditating on that because I do try to be as self-aware as I possibly can. So I accept constructive criticism. I was thinking, how does that then, if I'm not allowing them to feel their emotions, how is that then having an impact on their relationship with themselves? 
Right. Can they fully love themselves if they don't know how to navigate through these emotions right. because I don't allow them to have it? Will they grow up and not have a healthy relationship with themselves because they didn't have these tools? And what can I do now that can kind of shift them in that direction? So that's where right. the, the, this idea came from. Right. And, you know, I teach in um, workshops that one of the things that kids that have had trauma struggle with is they feel like as if they don't have a voice yes. because they have never had a voice. They've never been able to say, I am hungry and now you're going to, f-, and then they get their needs met. And I think what you're saying is it's the same thing emotionally that your kids are struggling with. Like, I need to have a voice for my feelings. And it's important to give your kids a voice for their feelings instead of being either trying to fix it for them, like, well, um, you feel that way, so I'm going to fix it. Or the opposite end of the spectrum where you say, I don't care how you feel. Right. You're doing it anyway. Right. And I think <laughs> that we dismiss them a lot in their feelings in the sense that what you're experiencing really isn't that big of a deal. So... You have a good life. You have it easy, quote unquote easy. You could have it worse. So therefore, you shouldn't be feeling sad or you shouldn't be feeling this way. You shouldn't be feeling that way. You should just suck it up. We are then uh, grooming our children to be codependent, to feel like they have to please us, to feel like that their feelings don't matter. Other people's feelings are more um, important than theirs are. um, Mm -hmm. And we're dismissing that and trying to shove it under the ground. The older I get, the more I realized how much that has happened in my own life. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So when it was brought to my attention that the, I was doing that, I was, like, disgruntled about it. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing that. Right, and I think it's very common for us adults, if we didn't feel like we had an emotional voice when we were growing up, like our feelings didn't matter, And whatever was going to happen was going to happen regardless of whether we wanted to participate or we had feelings about it. Then we can pendulum swing when we become parents and be like, I'm going to fix everything for my kiddos. That's me. Always happy and they never suffer and they never have a want or a need that's unmet, whether it's in their emotions or whatever. And that's just as dangerous, unfortunately. Absolutely. And whenever I try to be self-aware and I try to say, okay, well, they are experiencing this heartache or they are experiencing this sadness or this loss, and I let them sit with that, it is one of the hardest things that I have have had to do as a parent so far. Um, so I, I usually cry without them seeing that I'm crying with them. You know what I mean? Um, I give them time. I let them mope. I let them do this. And right. some may look at me and say, oh, you're reading too much into their feelings. You're allowing them to feel too much or to think that their feelings are so important. Well, I think that it really honestly is. I think yeah. that that forms them because then they learn to get themselves up, dust themselves off, and move on. Right. And I will add just, you know, because like you had said on the last podcast, we're probably going to have someone who says, wait a minute, blah, 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 blah. We're not saying that just because your child has emotions that they are allowed to act act violently or dysregulated. And it doesn't mean that you just say, hey, okay, so you don't have to go to school because you feel 
emotional today. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is it's healthier for a child to be able to distinguish what their emotions are and to feel them. And I will give you like a real life example from one of my kiddos' lives. Um, he did not, because of being in the orphanage and having attachment issues, he didn't really know what he was feeling. He didn't know which emotions were which. And he was struggling with only feeling anger, and that was it. And one of the things I did with him was I made all these little cards with face pictures. Smiling, surprised, excited, angry, fearful. And we worked with these cards over and over. And we talked about those emotions and talked about when you might feel those emotions. And it really, really helped them because he was emotionally illiterate. He didn't know how to read himself or his emotions. So, yes, emotions matter. Right, and you saw him probably have a healthier relationship yes, within himself. Definitely. Once that was kind of... Definitely, and with his siblings and with everybody else around him yeah. because it wasn't just, I'm angry. Right, because dismissing that and saying, you know, just dismissing it and right. saying, just get over it is still not teaching them that literacy that they require. Right. It isn't. It's not helping them at all because you want your children to go out into the world as adults and be able to know, hey, I am feeling sad or I am feeling angry. But then they can do what we were talking about in the episode last week is begin to ask themselves those same questions yeah. that we ask ourselves. Like, right. what is the goal? Um, how is this going to affect my life if I make this choice? What do I need to do with these emotions? Do I need to feel them? Do I need to make some different changes in my life? We want them to do what we're trying to learn how to do ourselves. Right. And if we can help them get over some of these hurdles while they're teens, then it will make a big difference. And I know I can speak as, you know, um, my kids are adulting, and they will come to me and tell me those sorts of things. Like one of the things I used to do that would annoy them to death was they would come to me with an issue, and I would be willing to talk and advise. But when it came at the end of the conversation, I would say, you need to figure this out. This is your problem. And especially one of my daughters, she's repeated that to me several times. Like She's like, that has really helped me, Mom. Yeah. Because when I have an issue or I have a problem, and she's a mom now, and she's married, she's like, I think of that. I've got to figure it out. I've got to figure out a way to make this work, or I need to figure out a different way to do this. So let's just say uh, people who aren't taught that. Yes. What if, and this is just what if, we know, statistically speaking, that addiction is uh, usually caused by trauma. So yes. it is a coping mechanism to trauma. So what if just the basis, pr the basic principles of allowing our children to experience uh, their emotions and to teach them how to navigate their way through to have an action plan to abstain from right. things that um, are triggering or whatever, what if that could change the course of the way that our country Functioned. Yes, exactly. And I'm saying if you're listening and you're like, wait, I never had any of this as a child, then start doing it for yourself first and go back and listen to the last episode that we talked about codependency. Listen to that and listen to those points that Jessica made and start applying them to your life because 
there's still hope because you're still alive and you're still breathing. Absolutely. And, and maybe you, you and your child can learn those coping together. mechanisms together. Absolutely. Right. I think it's very important and I think it could really change the way that, that we address address our happiness we think that happiness is surface level so right. we oftentimes it, it would be easy for us to sit here and have a conversation about how to build our kids self-relationship um with things like keep them away from social media keep them away from right. um influencers or whatever that are unrealistic that's surface level that is yeah. surface surface level oftentimes you're fine okay if that's the way that you're you're speaking um, or the kids are seeing, they're still not going to find happiness whenever they find that goal exactly. or when they don't find that goal. If you're telling your kids, hey, listen, you not everybody looks like that. Not everybody um, drives that kind of car or has that much money. Your kids still aren't going to sit in a place of happiness if they look any different. They say, well, my mom told me that I don't have to look like that to be happy. But I'm, I don't look like that, and I'm still not happy. Right. You know what I mean? So we need to dive in a little bit deeper than exactly. just that surface-level happiness. And I think emotions are where that's rooted, where they can build that healthy relationship and that find that happiness through Christ, through their self-worth, um, through their calling. But I think you have to build up a kid before you can even get them to that point. Exactly. Exactly. And especially if you're raising a kid that's had trauma, and you've got to get them to that point, like with my son, of recognizing being literate in feelings. These are what feelings feel like. This is why I'm feeling this way. Right. And only in, in our message for the whole house, we were talking about this topic. And it was Lori who said something about how many people are addicted to drugs because they never recognize their feelings. Yeah. Like they were never taught to recognize their feelings and to process them and deal with them. And we hear so much from every single media source, like television shows and Instagram and just anything, you know, Twitter is that, oh, this is what it's like to be happy and this is how you should feel all the time. Drive this, like you had said, drive this kind of car, eat this kind of food, lift this kind of weight, do this. And that is all so surfacy. And I think the really scary, dangerous thing for our kiddos is they never find their purpose because they think their purpose is to feel a certain way instead of diving into... Like, I remember I was teaching a high school class on careers, and we were having somebody different come in, a different career come in every week and just talk about that what they were going to do so the kids would would know, hey, I might want to be a fireman or I want maybe I want to be a doctor or maybe. And I told the kids, and they had never heard this before, really where your sweet spot is is when you are doing something that is creative or building or writing or teaching or whatever you're doing and you lose yourself you lose all track of time like you maybe someone's writing a song and they don't even realize those kinds of things our kids are not getting to they're not getting into that depth because of what the world tells them that they need to be. Yeah, it's all surface level. It is all surface level. 
I guess I'm getting off topic a No, bit. not really. <laughs> not really. No, because I mean that we need to dive deeper than the surface level. And, right. and they need to set with themselves and they need to set with those feelings of, hey, that made me excited or, hey, right. that made me maybe feel the the holy spirit you know if your kid comes and says well hey that made me feel like excitement but you're sitting there thinking well my goodness it doesn't pay it won't never pay your bills or you know what i mean you're going to be living with me forever or whatever the case may be that's not letting them feel that's not letting them follow their feelings and that's not letting them possibly explore what god has placed on their heart Exactly. Right. And we, we sound like our parents when we say that. Right. That's but then that's going to, we talked about it in the last podcast, cause a bitter heart. That's going to cause yes. a bitter heart. That's going to cause them to think that they only have to function on that surface level, which is where we're at in a society, which is why we have so many unhappy people, which is why the addiction rate is so high in everything. Right. It's not just drugs and alcohol that right. we're addicted to. We're addicted to food. We're addicted to porn. We're addicted to gambling. We're addicted to absolutely everything because we can't man our way through so if we can start with our kids and start helping them have those stepping stones so that they can build that healthy relationship with themselves i think that we'd be on a, a, a greater path than what we currently are i agree i totally agree so allowing them to set with their feelings allowing them to to learn how to process them um and not feeling like you have to control it. Exactly. Exactly. And listen. Like you had just said a second ago, if they come to you and say, hey, this made me really excited. I want to create music or I want to create art instead of saying, oh, that's never going to make you any money. Right. Like if you say that, you're essentially telling them their worth and value is in making money. Right. Instead of saying that, saying, you know, oh, tell me about it. That does sound exciting. Right. What do you see yourself doing with that? And yeah. even if they say, I don't know, just say, well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited with you. And the thing is, our kids, my teens did this. They're going to take up 40 bazillion things and be excited about them yeah. between the ages of 13 and 18 <laughs> and drop them like hot potatoes and then take up something else. But it's good for them. Yeah. It is so good for them and to see how they feel about that thing and see how they do with working at this place and coming home after eight hours and saying, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. This is not, but they will eventually get into their groove instead of most of us. I don't know from, I think from my generation, we just did what everybody else was doing. It reminds me of that Pete Seeger song, Little Boxes, like you all go to college, you all get a house, you all do this. And it's so Americanized, but we don't all have to do the same thing. Right. No, and I think it's really important, and I want to um, talk real quick about ad- adoption and fostering and, and my experience with children with that, and Kathleen has more experience with it than me. But just real quick before we finish, uh, talking about kids having their feelings, I we have a... To, guardianship of my nephew he lives with us it's going on two years right now um and his father is not in the picture and I was just talking with him about this yesterday but my husband has kind of stepped into that role I could never look at him 
anytime he comes to me with feelings of inadequacy because his dad's not there and say something of the sorts like, well, at least you have your uncle because that is not the same. Right. It's not. That is not the same. So for me to dismiss his emotions or his feelings on that, I think really teaches him to be emotionally unavailable to anybody else in his life, if that makes any kind of sense. That makes perfect sense because in my case, I had some of my kids saying things on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like even one of my daughters who's an adult now will say, I'm really mad at my birth mother for drinking while she was pregnant with me because it's caused all kinds of physical anomalies in her body. And for me to say, because this is what you'll hear in the adoption culture now, you're supposed to say stuff like, well, your mother loved you, but she just couldn't take care of you. That's To me, that's just a bunch of hogwash to not acknowledge our kids' feelings. Yeah. And even if the birth mom did love them, which I'm sure she did, and did want to keep them, that's that's a whole different thing. These feelings are my kids' feelings. And when she said that, she's been saying that quite often because she's recently had some health things. And I just say, I just listen and say, you know, okay, I understand that. You know, that is frustrating. She shouldn't have drank. Uh, There's nothing I can... There's no way I should say, well, you know, at least you got a family. Yeah, at least it it could be worse. (laughs) Could be worse. Right? You could have not made it. or I mean, they don't want to hear that. (laughs) Right. And would we want to hear things like that? No, but it validates them for that moment and teaches them to, to not... So, because I'm sure that you not let you don't let her stay in that right. that mind frame. You listen; she gets it off of her chest, yes, and then she moves on until she brings it up again. But I don't think that we can dismiss it just because things are good. Maybe your kids aren't even adopted. Maybe they're your bio kids, and you can't say, "Well, listen, I've given you a good life. You do not have it hard." Well, that does not mean that they're going to be happy. That right. does not mean that they should be happy. That does not mean that we can expect them to be happy. Right. That does not mean that there something is not going on that is causing unhappiness that we need to help them navigate through so let them sit there let them sit there give them the techniques the coping mechanisms to kind of get themselves out of it and I, i think we'd be in a better spot if we all did that right like you said at the beginning i think our country would be better i really honestly do It's not just sitting around sulking, but it's acknowledging, accepting without judgment. We talked about that in the last podcast and and moving on. Right. So any final thoughts? I don't think so. I think we we really, we could wing it. We We could wing it. it. (laughs) We know how to wing it. So thanks for joining us today on the Whole House Podcast, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. We're so glad you could join us on the Whole House Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on thewholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at the Whole House.